Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, author, worship leader, an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene, and most recently, a hospital chaplain. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss things that are on my mind, the voices in my head. Music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more are all on the table as I discuss them here with friends and colleagues and sometimes just by myself, processing what I'm learning in the moment. Make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes, tweeting to me at Rick Lee James on Twitter, and by joining my mailing list at rickleejames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. By the way, in case you are interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at Mr. Rogers Save, where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the loudest voices in my head, which is ironic because he was such a quiet person. Also, if you do want to be notified about all of my latest releases, not just this podcast, sign up for email notifications on my Substack page found at rickleejames.substack.com. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so let's get to the latest episode of Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I am your host, Rick Lee James. I'm so grateful for all of you who are listening, and I know that today you're going to really enjoy this topic. Today we have as our guest Dr. Moses Taiwo. Uh, Dr. Moses is my educator in the CPE program at Kettering, and I just quickly want to tell you a little bit about him as we get to know him today and as we get to talk about what exactly is CPE, uh, what kind of work do we do as chaplains, and what kind of training do we do to get ready for that work. So Dr. Moses is a certified educator with the Association of Clinical Pastoral Education, also known as AC. CPE, and he is a board-certified chaplain with the Association of Professional Chaplains, APC. He earned two doctorates, not just one, uh, from the Religion and New Testament in Andrews University in 2002, and Management and Information Systems Technology from the University of Phoenix in 2015, respectively. At present, he serves as CPE educator and manager of spiritual care services at Kettering Medical Center in Kettering, Ohio. Moses is also the chair of ACPE Research Committee. And Moses also received his ordination from the Seventh-day Adventist Church and has maintained an endorsement with Adventist Chaplaincy Ministries since 2003. I could go on and on and on because the resume just keeps growing. <laughs> but we'll stop for there right now because we want to actually talk to you. Dr. Moses, welcome to Voices in My Head. Thank you, Rick. <laughs> nice to see you. Yes, it's good to see you. Now, we get to see each other every week, and, uh, and I'm grateful for that. But this is going to be a new experience for those who are listening today who haven't had a chance to, to sit in and understand a little bit more about what CPE is. So today we're going to talk about that some, but I want to begin our discussion by, I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit of your backstory. Mm. Uh, what brought you in your childhood home in Nigeria mm. uh, to where you are today working for Kettering Medical Center in the position that you're in? Yeah, that's a good question, Rick. Uh, sometimes you wonder 
<coughs> when you have to cross the Atlantic and asking yourself, so what brought you here? Yeah. Uh, I have a very humble beginning. Uh, being raised in a village, in a typical rural setting. Those of you who are familiar with villages in Africa mm. where you are just there, you know, you are not having all this opportunity that I and I have today. And by the way, my parents were not even educated. They don't even know how to read the alphabet. Wow. So you can imagine how one can just evolve from that kind of environment sure. and, and in two doctorates. That yeah. shows that uh, God can do the impossible Amazing. Uh, in our life. Yeah. So with that kind of background, uh, actually, I would say that uh, I, I'm a miracle child mm. uh, because uh, the story was not fully told to my by my biological mother. It was my grandmother who actually uh, raised me, really, and made me to understand mm -hmm. that uh, uh, for some reason my mother just uh, abandoned me with her, mm. and uh, I grew up. I think it was around age five, seven, that I began to really think that this old woman cannot just give birth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she was struggling, telling yeah. me that because. The bond was so uh, much that she doesn't know what to tell me. Yeah. But she made me to be aware of what happened. And uh, so I took the courage, you know, to just go by the day. Uh, until after some time, you know, uh, as a teenager, you begin to wonder, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, finally, one day, I came across a, a group that they are trying to hold a kind of evangelistic campaign but mm -hmm. i didn't know that seven-day adventist mm -hmm. church you know as a young boy just trying to search for some meaning some purpose yeah so i joined the church and that's why the whole thing started with the seven-day adventist church in nigeria wow. uh, i can't believe it that it was even there that uh, i was able to go to public university in nigeria <laughs> You know, wow. and they were very supportive of me. They, I mean, they. Uh, I also got married in the mm. church uh, to uh, somebody outside of my own Yoruba tribe. Uh, I'm from the western part of the country, Nigeria. My wife is from Igbo, uh, in the eastern part of Nigeria. So when you talk about people marrying across culture, across tribe, you know, I'm a living witness of what that. Uh, yeah. does to us and today we have three children wow. so we came to america to answer your question 1997 after i have taught at the seminary for about 10 years mm. uh, just wanted to do my phd and go back because the leadership was kind of preparing me for uh, those higher positions yeah <laughs> yeah I, to their dismay when i uh, defended my dissertation at uh, Seventh-day Adventist Theological Seminary, Andrew University, Michigan. Uh, they wanted me to come back home. Mm. But it was in the process of that, I had a taste of what is called CP. Yes. <laughs> and it changed everything, mm. you know. I love academia. That's where I live my life. Mm -hmm. I love scholarship. Yeah. But this clinical pastoral education was something that I think the church needs mm. and is lacking many of our leaders so I just decided to pursue it mm. in addition to my doctorate at that time and that's how the whole thing wow the story has never been the same again wow well and you know what I can uh, I can agree with you and sympathize with that from the sense 
not from being so entwined in academia, but I didn't realize a, what, a little over a year ago now, or almost a year ago, when I started the CPE program, how transformative it was going to be in my life. Mm. I had no idea, and you're right. Something gets a hold of you, and you do start seeing things that you're lacking. And mm -hmm. so, so I'm excited to be able to talk to you more about that today. You. But you are, as you mentioned, you're qualified to fill several positions, prestigious positions. Yeah. You could be a university president. And in fact, I know because you've turned down yeah, yeah, positions yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people would think, what, are you crazy? Why would you turn down, you know, the, these prestigious, great yeah. positions in academia? Um, but for you, there was something deeper at play. For you, there was something that you had to follow your heart and where you felt like God was calling you. I'm encouraged just to hear your story, even in the way that the Seventh-day Adventist Church and how God used them from your very early childhood mm -hmm. to bring you up to a place that you are now. And I, I love hearing stories of the way that God uses different churches. Mm -hmm. Every denomination has a different story and a different way of telling mm -hmm. it. And it's neat to see the way that it has played out in your life to bring you here. But what I wanted to ask you, for those who may not know, let's start with a very basic thing. Mm. People hear this term CPE, all right? And honestly, when I came to it, yeah. I had this question, what is CPE? I know that my master's degree tells me I have to have this, <laughs> but I don't know what it is. Yeah. So tell us, if you could, what is CPE? Well, in a nutshell, yeah, CPE <clears throat> is not so much about something mystical. Mm -hmm. I think it's an openness to really look into yourself introspectively mm. and be able to bring those issues for some form of consultation. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's a kind of educational learning that is not just gathering information. It's more about how the information is shaping who you are becoming aware. Wow. Who you are becoming, first of all, who you are and who you are becoming. Yeah. So CPE creates that opportunity for people uh, to become aware of themselves first. Mm. You see, and it comes out of the belief that if we don't take care of ourselves, how do we help another person? Mm. You know, the founder of uh, clinical pastoral education was Anton Boysen, you know, and he came up with the idea of our story as the living textbook. Mm -hmm. So every professor, every pastor need to at least read his own living human document. Yeah. And that's very difficult. Mm -hmm. It's easy for me to talk about Rick, but it's hard to talk about myself. Because we don't want to wash all our dirty learnings out. Yeah. So CP creates that opportunity where you will be open, you'll be invited. And if you choose to be open, I think that's people who have the best experience of CP. Yes. Yeah. So and the more you are able to talk about your stories, seeking for feedback, which is a very key tool. That's why CP is quite different from just teaching in a seminary mm -hmm. classroom, you know. So, and it's not something that uh, everybody wants to do. Yeah. You know, I always tell people, uh, what CP does for me, 
sometimes when I'm explaining it by words, people don't really get it. Mm -hmm. I invite them to experience it. Yeah. Because even at that time, I wasn't too sure what people do when they say they are doing CPE. Mm -hmm. you know, it's like when you say you are a chaplain. I said, oh, okay, so we pray, we read Bible. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> lo and behold, when I started the experience many years back, mm -hmm. uh, it, it was different. Mm -hmm. you know, I, in fact, uh, part of the struggle I had was I was also trying to become acculturized with Western way of mm. thinking. So my educator sometimes will say, well, Moses, you're not looking into my eye. Mm. You know, I come from a culture where we defer power to authority figure. Mm. So that was a big eye-opener to me. Yeah. That in order to be myself, I need to connect. Mm. I need to speak my truth. I don't need to care whether I'm saying it right or I'm pronouncing it well, yeah. but I need to find opportunity to engage. Uh, opportunity to share, opportunity to receive, opportunity to risk mm -hmm. saying something. So CP create that opportunity for me to be who I am today. Yeah. If it is just a matter of writing academic paper, presenting, getting all those accolades, I mean, I have them. Yeah. You know, so mm -hmm. but CP really changed me yeah. to see myself in a different way. Wow. So that the more I know the humbler I become, mm. that I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an excellent explanation. So, and, and even just the definition, CPE, clinical pastoral education, um, it, it, you're right, you have to experience it. I, I really, truly believe that. I've had so much trouble trying to explain to people like what it is. Um, and, it's, and you're also right in that you have to come with a willingness to be open mm -hmm. to let it shape you. I know when I came, and, and I, I didn't ever tell anybody this, but I know in my heart what I was thinking, all right, I'll open up most of myself, mm -hmm. but there's this part of me I got, I, I'm gonna keep hidden away, nobody's ever gonna know about, <laughs> and I don't wanna share that. Yeah. And I found that that was creating such intense um, anxiety in me, it was causing me to, um, I think it increased the migraines I was having, honestly. I think there was a sickness almost that I was getting from holding certain parts of myself in. And speaking for myself, being in this program has enabled me to face some of those dark places yeah. that I didn't want to confront. Yeah. And it has freed me yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. And I, I think if I tell anybody what CPE has done for me, I may not be able to tell them exactly what it looks like. Yeah. But I can tell them there is a freedom that I have yeah. found, and I'm you see, so grateful. It, it, it's not easy to be free. Mm. It's not easy, mm -mm. you know. Uh, to us as Christians, we call that bondage. Mm -hmm. You see, but CP has a way to work with resistance. Mm -hmm. See, when we are resisting feedback, when we are trying to even hide out some of those things we don't want people to know. CP has a way to engage us. Mm. And the time we get into that place we don't want to talk, that's where transformation begins. Yeah. Mm. So it's not easy. Yeah. Freedom is not easy. Mm. 
it's, it's, I mean, think about even what Jesus has to come and die for us. Yeah. So the freedom is so <laughs> why should he even lay down his life for us? Mm. So I, I think what CP does for me is that it just first of all crucified me to use the language of the season. Yeah. And just reshape me and then I have to relearn mm. to live. Because you can't have CP and remain the same. Mm. Yeah. No matter whether even you take one unit of CP, yeah. people will see the difference. Mm. Uh, your, your family will see the difference. Yeah. You will feel the difference yourself. Yeah. So that's why we're even encouraging all the seminary students to take at least one unit of CP. Sure. Because you can never be the same again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. You know, and I've been encouraging even people who are not necessarily. Um, pastors mm. but I've been meeting people some people uh, for instance this last week somebody retired kind of young but but has done a, a job working as a you know I think I think in plumbing and things oh. like that <laughs> but as a good listener yeah. and I said you know what I wonder if you should try sometime like take a unit yeah. you know like yeah. see if they would uh, accept you you might find that it would be really yeah. wonderful for yeah. you, you know? hey. so I, I encourage people to try it out yeah excellent point Rick uh, and you don't have to have degree before mm -hmm. you take CP mm -hmm. I think CP is not just checking off the boxes I think CP is a yeah. way to heal ourselves because yeah. I believe that no one can be holy you can't even practice sanctification if you are not healed mm. See, yeah. the reason why a lot of pastors, my colleagues in ministry, even CP educator, they fail, they withdraw mm. their credential because they thought they are free. Mm. But if you are not healed, how can you be free? Yeah, wow. If you're not healed, how can you be yeah. free? And how can you be holy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're bringing up some good things. You're getting a taste today, everyone who's listening. <laughs> Well, you know, one thing that, that I've heard a number of times as I've been in the program from you, from other educators, is is that um, a chaplain, that every every chaplain is a pastor to some extent, but not every pastor is a chaplain. Yeah. <laughs> and but, some are better at it than others. Um, in, in your estimation, what makes an effective chaplain? Because it's it's a different sort of ministry, yeah. this ministry of presence that we yeah. do. You see, uh, sometimes when I talk about the cliche, mm -hmm. uh, people think that maybe I'm trying to diminish the role of a pastor. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not saying it in that sense. Mm -hmm. A pastor is still a pastor, and a pastor does what he or she needs to do mm -hmm. to keep the sheep, you know, to to tender them, to uh, counsel them, to walk along with them. But a chaplain is different mm -hmm. in that a chaplain is not there to change anybody. Mm -hmm. In fact, a, cha a chaplain, if a, that chaplain is professionally trained, his or her goal is not to proselytize. Mm -hmm. you see, and that's the mistake of many chaplains today who are not training in the actual ACPE, CPE program. You know, and I've seen all kinds of garbage on the online saying, well, I'm chaplain and this and that. And I, when I look at it, it's just wasting of people's money and time. Mm. Okay. But if you do ACPE, CPE program, you will know that you are taking something away from that experience. Mm. Because we are using not only 
uh, the faith tradition of the of the learner, but the learner is also doing what I would call uh, self care, mm. where you talk about basic understanding of yourself, mm -hmm. which goes with the idea of some psychological understanding of who you are, who you are becoming, and some issues that you need to work on yourself. Mm. Okay, so that is very fundamental when it comes to CPE. In fact, I remember, you know, one of the struggles I had was I deal with relational fusion, you know, because of the culture, my baggage I brought from Africa. Mm. You know, I can't even speak or describe myself without mentioning uncle or this or that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the fusion was there that is limiting my ability. Uh, to be myself, to yeah. self-differentiate, okay? So, but CPE helped me to understand that I don't have to fuse with somebody. Mm. I don't have to give my power away just because I want to be in a relationship with that person. Mm. In fact, CPE helped me to understand that the more I can self-differentiate, the better I will be able to relate with Rick. So, lack of self-differentiation is what makes me to not know how to relate with people. Mm. That's why some of us, we can't even manage the relationship. Yeah. Divorce is so common in our world today because we are lack the capacity for self-differentiation. We want to control, we want to manipulate, we want to have it our own way. To me, that's a disease. Yeah. And how can you be holy when you are not healed from all these things? Mm. So you can be a pastor when you are having all this sickness in your life. Mm. You need to get healed. Yeah. So a chaplain is able to be a listener, to understand people's issues. But because in pastoral life, our goal is to convert, to tell people what to do. To So again, that's, that's the reason why I'm saying that yeah. a chaplain is better prepared for the ministry mm. than even a pastor. Well, and, and I agree with you, and, and as one who has been consistently serving at a church in a pastoral role um, for the same church almost for 22 years yeah. now, um, I can tell you that my whole outlook of doing ministry in the church, mm. I think, has changed for the better yeah. over the time doing this. Um, I'm much better able uh, to help people find their own sort of resources Correct. than I am to just say you need to do this yeah. or you need to do that fixing you exactly. know that's one it's of not, the <laughs> yes you're exactly right <laughs> to learn how to not fix and we all we, we always have to fight not to slide back into old habits yeah. but I feel like that has been one of the, the most powerful things yeah. and, I, and that's why I feel like it would be so good for so many pastors to be a part of us even if it was just one unit of CPE mm -hmm. It would be so good for their own self-care, mm -hmm. for their soul care, mm -hmm. to be able to yeah. unlock. But I know as they're listening to this, some of them are going, that sounds terrifying. I don't want to reveal my <laughs> myself in and out. And all I can say Who is... Who wants to? That's Nobody. right. Who wants to do that? That doesn't sound fun. Um, and, and the fact is, it's not very fun when you're going through it. But the rewards of going through it. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. There's there's no way to even measure it. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable the difference it can make in our lives. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I thank you for your explanation, and I want to make the use the best use of the time that we have. One thing that I would be interested to hear your perspective again on 
is this word spiritual that we use. And I think in the chaplaincy context, it has a very specific meaning and a very specific role for using that word. Mm -hmm. But spirituality and the use of the word spiritual, depending on where you go in our world, it's going to have a lot of different meanings. For some, they might hear spiritual and think, what is that? People holding hands around a table and talking to the dead? or well, Something you know, mystical. Yeah, something yeah. mystical. Does that mean a ghost in the house or whatever? Um, but it, there's really something much more down to earth when we talk about it, spirituality and what it means in chaplaincy. I wonder if you could give us your best explanation of what we mean when we're talking about spirituality as chaplains. You, you know, Rick, every human being is a spirit. So spirituality is an experience. It's not a religion. Mm. In fact, my theory is that every Christian has to be spiritual. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, the Corinthians in the New Testament, they misunderstood that concept from Paul. Uh, they think glossolalia, speaking in tongues, those are the things that make people spiritual. Or <clears throat> when you are saying a prayer, you have to say it in a language that will not make sense to somebody, mm -hmm. just like you want them to know that you are spiritual. That's not spirituality. Mm. That's a different ways of just trying to be different unnecessarily okay spirituality is something very simple spirituality is opportunity of finding what is meaningful what is purposeful even what you are doing with me now this is spiritual moment you know you are you are going through a, a training program that you think we need to be speaking more to the wider world, to people so that they can know the value CP can bring. So this moment is a spiritual way mm. of communicating. Wow. Spirituality has to do with meaning, has to do with purpose, has to do with fighting for justice, helping the people, the needy. And like Jesus says that if you do any of this to the least, mm. you do it for me. Yeah. That's a spiritual person. So, I, I come from a culture where some people even talk about when you are making incantation, mm. then you are highly spiritual. Or when you are doing something mysterious, that means you are spiritual, no? Mm. You are something else. Mm. You know, Simon Bajo in the, in, the, in, the, in the book of Acts, you know, he wanted to try Paul mm -hmm. using all those kind of uh, mystical power. That's not spiritual, but that's unfortunately, that's the kind of spirituality people are looking for in the world today, mm. which has destroyed their health, it has caused them to depression, mm. uh, it has created a lot of relationship that is not working, it has ruined their finance, mm. that's not spiritual. Yeah. And anybody trying to exploit the other human being through that means, that is not spiritual, mm. that's devilish. Hmm. Wow, that's an excellent point. So, well, I really appreciate your explanation, and I think that helps our listeners to, to kind of understand what we mean when we talk about that, yeah. too. The way of helping people create meaning. Yes. That's, that's so yeah. important in our lives. Yeah. Um, I know I can say that there have been a number of times in, uh, in the hospital work that we do mm -hmm. where we'll be talking with someone and then trying to help them 
uh, as we listen mm -hmm. to find something that for them gives them such meaning mm. and such purpose mm. and it doesn't always look the way we want it to look when we're talking with our <laughs> exactly. Christian language yeah, exactly. sometimes it's yeah. it's you know yeah. fishing yeah. you know is the way that you know oh and when I fish with my best friend yeah. oh my goodness I yeah. find such joy in that yeah. and, and what they're telling us is something about who they are yeah. they're, they're revealing a yeah. deep part of their heart well, it, it, it may sound like they're just fishing you know but for them well, yeah. what the world is looking for today is people who will listen to their concern. Mm. They know that you can do anything, but the fact that you have time to listen. Mm. That's what even another thing that makes a chaplain to be more effective. Mm. A chaplain is a good listener mm. because he or she is not having any motive. Mm. He just wants to be there for you yeah. in crisis, in joyful time. In times when you don't even know what to decide. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm glad that I'm a chaplain. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to offer that sort of non-anxious, non-judgmental yeah. presence in the room. Which is another cliche we use in the class. It is. <laughs> but, you know, another one I want to add to it when we're talking about listening is so often the impulse of, of culture is to say, don't just stand there, do something. And you can reverse that in the work that we do yeah. to say, don't just do something, stand there. Yeah. You know, yeah. just kind of kind of be there with that person. I, I, I think there's a theory behind that. You just say, learn to be, mm. then do. Yeah. You know, uh, think about even the friend of Job. Mm. They are there to support, to provide grief support mm -hmm. because of what was going on in his life. And tradition has it that the first six days, they were really able to do the work of a chaplain. Mm. But the seventh day, when they were about to do their closing remark, they went into all kinds of Sunday school. Yeah. <laughs> and they messed up the old. It's so true. I hope that should be a lesson for all of us. It, it, yes, <laughs> it's a wonderful lesson. Be, be careful when you open your mouth. That's the... <laughs> Okay, well, I, I want to ask you just a couple more questions because yeah. I, I realize it's a busy day and we're both in the middle of our work today. So thank you again for taking time thank for you, Rick. today. <laughs> yeah. But one thing that I'd, I'd love to know, uh, just from you, if off the top of your head, what do you know about yourself hmm. that you didn't know before this CPE journey? Hmm. I mean, if, if you want to share that, I would yeah. just love to know that just for you, like this is what I learned about me. Well, you know, learning about myself uh, <clears throat> is a way of helping me to look at what the journey has been from the past. You know, just telling you about how I struggle with identity issue. So identity was a crisis for me because mm -hmm. the mother was not there, the father was not there. I was just raised by a very old elderly woman. My grandmother, Your grandmother. You know, who's now resting in the Lord at the age of 105. <laughs> you know, she passed on 2013. So her memory still linger with mm. me because of what she did for me. So each time I talk about my story, I can forget her mm. because that's my root. So CP gave me opportunity 
to take a look at my past. Mm. What has the job? What has what what let, tell me about the journey? Mm. You know, and story is key in CPE. It's the best resource. I'm not saying that textbooks are not good, all this academic stuff. They are there, they are good. But they just entertain the mind. Mm -hmm. But when you can listen to people's story, that's the best way the person can learn about himself or herself. Mm -hmm. And then thinking about what God has in stock, mm -hmm. the unknown, the things that I never dreamed of coming. Even being a CP program manager for a big institution like this, like you were asking me mm -hmm. at the beginning, this is part of my story. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would ever become like this. Yeah. <laughs> and then sitting down with my brother, you know, mm. from different mother, yeah, yeah. <laughs> asking me all these questions, mm. you know. So you can see that, that there are many ways I can talk about what has changed, what is happening to me. Mm -hmm. So I look at the past, I look at the future, and both of them are shaping my present. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful way to say it. Um, there were there were so many more things I wanted to ask you, but I knew <laughs> that the questions that I planned were just going to be kind of a, a model. Yeah. But as I sit here with you today, I think I want to just express gratitude. Uh, I, I know last week in class I was feeling this. I just felt like at the end of our time together, I'm grateful for these people around me. You know, I'm grateful for this journey that everybody has decided together. We were going to really covenant together yeah, to, yeah. to go through these hard yeah. things. We've been able together to share difficult things. Yeah. I was able to share a hard thing with you from, from day one. I said, I've got to tell him. I'm a little scared of you, Moses. <laughs> I remember last year. And I knew I knew there was that part of me that that actually got to something that I learned about myself. I I had a fear of authority people. Mm. People and and it, and it wouldn't have mattered if it was you or yeah. any yeah. anybody else. There was just I, a I could not there. even look at my educator when mm. I was doing my introductory <laughs> CP unit, as I said yeah. to you. Yeah. So all of us had our story. Yeah. yeah. So we all have those things. And even even just coming to acknowledge something that it, maybe people listening, you just think, well, that sounds silly. But to me, it was a big deal. It was something that I needed to get out, something I needed to share. And it strengthened our relationship. Definitely. Definitely. Very, very. You know, I, 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 it's not just because you are sitting in my front here. I am very proud of you, Rick. Oh, wow. You brought everything, you left everything to pursue this thing, this damn thing called CP. <laughs> so you are also an harbinger of, of what CP can do in people's lives. Wow. So I'm so proud of you for what you have been able to accomplish. Wow. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate yeah. that. Thank and the you way so you much. taught your peers. Wow. You know, they are very, they, I mean, we have a one-on-one, -on -one and I can see how they testify, how supportive you are, how you've been a good Mm. Wow. Well, that means so yeah, much. Yeah. Thank you. It does. Well, it does. I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in our last question, I, I just have a feeling that somebody listening to this today, whenever they listen to it, maybe it'll be months down the road, mm. they're in their car, and they're like, I need to catch up on episodes of Voices in My Head for this week. Um, I just can't help but believe somebody is going to feel that tug at their heart, mm. like I did not even knowing where God was going to be leading, not knowing what CPE was, but knowing I wasn't going to find rest or peace until I pursued it. Mm. 
for those that are listening and just want to know, how can I find out more about this? What's the best way for them to look into opportunities or even to look into trying to be a part of a unit of CPE? What's the best way for them to do that? Well, I will encourage them to look at the ACP website, you know, depending on the part of uh, United States. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because that's the best way you can know any CP center that's close to where they are living. Okay. But those of them who are living within the Dayton area, Ohio area here, I think it might be good for them to take a look at our website at the Catherine Health CPE. And once you Google that, it will take you to where you can download the application and fill it and send it to me. Yeah. And then we take it out from there. All right. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. I, I just want to say a heartfelt thank you again. You're I know welcome. we both have busy days yeah, today. And do. so I really felt like a, a moment in the day. It felt like a God moment to be yeah. able to sit down with yeah. you today. We had our spiritual moment. That's right. We had our <laughs> spiritual moment. And uh, tomorrow, one more class for this unit. And uh, then we have on, only one more to go, which is which is wild. But I am I'm grateful. I'm delighted to be able to be in yeah. this program. Glad to have you, Rick. Yeah. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Uh, Thank what you. you are doing and influencing and helping our patient and their family and staff. Thank wow. you so much. Wow. Well, that means so yeah. much. Well, as I say to my guests every week, I get to say it to you now. <laughs> Dr. Moses, thank you for being one of the voices in my head <laughs> this week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. Music on the intro and outro of this show is from my single, As I Walk These Halls, which can be streamed on any streaming platform, including Spotify. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, schedule me for a concert, a speaking engagement, a podcast, or even a book signing in your neighborhood. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. The more positive reviews we receive, the more visible this podcast will be. And now, the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.